Chapter 19 We should hunt them down, Magnus grumbled. We should have gone after them in Perth. He placed his hand on the back of his head and pulled at the dried blood caked in his hair. I told you then, we aren't going after them. Don't speak of it again, Halfton muttered. You're lucky you're alive, Magnus. I'm not sure you want to see the girl again. She may kill you next time, the rider beside Magnus jeered. The others snickered. Shut up, Magnus growled. Forget the woman. She's not the problem, Halfton demanded. Angus is the problem. He's a liar and a coward. I want him dead. And the Scots? Codron asked. Their time will come soon, but I will not be lied to or threatened. Angus' days are numbered. Playing him has run its course. He's no longer of use. He never was going to fight the Scots, was he? Codron said. He feigns bravery, but he's weak. I see it in his eyes. He'd rather have others do his fighting. Afraid of a fight, Codron remarked to no one in particular. Coward. Be sure of this, he'll get his chance to fight, whether he wants it or not. Halfton cleared his throat and spat a wad of phlegm into the air. Soon, Perth will have hell to pay, as will the Scots. How does it look? Aidan asked. He sat on a rock and stared at Arabella as she leaned toward him. The morning sun had pushed through the early fog, and Aidan took notice of how its rays lightened Arabella's long brown hair. His eyes then focused on hers, and he followed her gaze as she studied his neck and slowly removed his bandages. The burns are red and tender, though your skin appears to be healing, Arabella said. Does it hurt? It always hurts, but the pain is less than it was. Take off your shirt and I'll remove the bandages from your shoulder. When we get them off, I'll soak them in the creek, Arabella said, and she stepped back from Aidan, and allowed him to disrobe. As she waited, she gathered the soiled bandages she'd removed and wadded them in her palm. Aidan unbuttoned his shirt, grimacing as he undid each button. This arm becomes stiff if I let it sit, and it doesn't want to move sometimes. I know it must hard, Arabella replied. Do you need help? I'm all right. I think I've got it. Arabella stood silent as Aidan finished unbuttoning his shirt. Then she spoke, Aidan, how long do you think we have before they come looking for us? I'd guess they're already looking. We covered a good distance last night, and we may be hard to track since we're on foot, Aidan replied. They may not even know if we went south or east. But to be safe, we should head out again soon. Aidan unfastened the last button and let his arms drop to his side. He slumped over to rest, and his shirt hung open, exposing his chest. Sit here. I'll get it for you, Arabella said and she stepped behind Aidan as he lowered to a sizable rock. Lift your arms a little. Arabella gently pulled his shirt from his frame and laid it on the rock beside him. I'm going to undo the bandages from your shoulder. Tell me if it hurts and I'll stop. It already hurts, he said and chuckled. Well, tell me if it hurts badly. Arabella grinned and then slowly began to remove the bandages. The skin on your back looks irritated and sore, I'm so sorry this happened. Aidan peered over his shoulder and gazed at Arabella. He watched as she delicately pulled the soiled cloth from his skin. She was beautiful? Arabella, can I tell you something? What, Aidan? When I think of Kenneth, I? 
Arabella's eyes fell. Aiden, I don't know if I can talk about this. No, please, I have to say it. He glanced at her, anticipating a response. She didn't refuse? He continued, when Nessa and I were taken by the Vikings, I thought we were both going to die. We had nothing. We had no hope at all. Then, I was lying there in the middle of the night, surrounded by Vikings, and Kenneth suddenly appeared in the darkness. I can't believe he came for us. I think of how he fought to free us, and now he's, Aiden paused. Maybe I can't say it, I can't even believe it. He was my brother, I loved him. Arabella stepped in front of Aiden. I loved him too, Aiden. But that's what I'm trying to say, Arabella. She lowered her head and busied herself with his bandages. You two had everything, everything that was special. Kenneth never wanted your heart to break. He was so in love with you. He knew it would tear you apart when he left to fight. He never wanted to hurt you. Aiden stared at Arabella, watching her petite fingers ease the bandages from his burns. I don't want to see you hurt either. I want you to know, I'm here for you, Arabella. I'll do whatever I can to make sure your heart doesn't break again. He searched her eyes. I mean that, Arabella. Arabella lifted the last bandage. Aiden, I don't know if I, she froze as she removed the dressing and caught sight of the silver cross pressed against Aiden's skin. What is it? Aiden asked. Your cross, Arabella said, stepping away from Aiden and gaping at him. It reminds me of Kenneth. Tears welled in her eyes. Why did this have to happen? I just can't believe it. Aiden lifted from his seat on the rock and gazed at Arabella for a long moment. I don't know what to believe myself. The two stood in silence, staring at one another then a light breeze cooled the air and blew against their bodies. The gust was cold on Aiden's chest, and a chill rushed over his skin. He lifted his arm and ran his hand through his hair. I'm sorry, Arabella. I'm sorry for saying all that. I must be going mad. He paused and rubbed his palms together, not knowing what to say next. His thoughts turned. This is all unbelievable. I can't believe it, I can't believe any of it. I can't believe Cirque lied to me, what the hell was he doing? Why did he tell me the Vikings raided again and killed everyone? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, Aiden. I suppose I can believe Angus lied, he's a Pict. My father was right. I should have never trusted the man. I guess that after he saved my life, I was willing to believe anything he said. But why did Cirque come to him, why did he lie to me? I don't know, Aiden. But I know that after your father left with Chorich to find you, the men in Renton were lost without a leader. Arabella's lips trembled. My father and several others wanted to take the men and follow after him, but the men from Dumbarton saw what the Vikings had done to Renton, and they wanted the Pict's help if we were to the fight against those animals. Why didn't Constantine refuse and leave with the men? That was the whole reason they gathered in Renton. They just kept arguing, Aiden. They couldn't agree. There were many who wanted to leave Renton and go after the Vikings, but others kept speaking of the Picts, Arabella said. The conversation made her bitter as she thought of Kenneth and how he was forced to face the Vikings alone. The men were doing nothing, nothing but bickering. I could only imagine how Kenneth and the others must have been suffering at the hands of those savages. That's why I had to come to Perth. I thought I could reason with Angus. 
maybe if he was told about the raid on Renton, then he would see that the Picts were in danger as well, and he would be forced to join the fight against the Vikings. Well, that question has been answered. It wasn't supposed to happen like this, Aidan. Arabella lowered her head, not wanting to give in to her sadness. She turned. She couldn't stop herself. She held her hands to her face and wept. Arabella, don't do that. Everything's going to be all right. Aidan stepped beside her, put his arms around her frame, and held her. Nothing's all right, Aidan? Kenneth is dead, your father and Chorich are gone, and the men in Renton. Shh, shh, stop. Aidan lifted Arabella's chin and peered into her eyes. You're alive. I'm alive. We'll make it back to Renton and we'll see. We'll see what? Arabella blurted out. What is there to see? A bunch of men, arguing over what to do next. Arabella, for all we know my father and Chorich have returned. They may have an army of men moving out to fight the Vikings. We can't give up now. Arabella stepped away, lost, gazing listlessly at the grass-covered ground. I'm sorry, but it all seems so hopeless. Yes, from here it does. We are standing somewhere in the middle of Pictland. I see that. But we'll make it back to Renton, it'll be all right. Aidan gestured with his hands, here, I'll take those bandages. I'll clean them in the creek, and then we'll head to Renton. Arabella's eyes abruptly widened, and she stood stone still. Do you hear that? Aidan quieted and swiveled his head to either side, glancing at the creek and then toward the woods behind him. Hear what? He whispered. Horses? We can't stay on this path all the way to Renton. With the sun rising, the Vikings will round up enough horses to come after us. When they do, they'll come with a vengeance, and they'll follow our trail straight down this path, Chorich said to Kenneth and Ronan. He looked over his shoulder at the three carts moving sluggishly behind them, and at Les and Gavin who were riding rear. Chorich lifted his hand in the air to signal Les. Les returned a lifted fist, gesturing no sign of trouble. Chorich turned to Kenneth, we've covered a good distance, but the carts are overloaded and they're slowing us down. At this pace, the Vikings will eventually catch us. Maybe we should leave the path and find our way through the woods back to Renton. The carts would only move slower through the trees, Chorich replied. And we need to get to Renton before the Vikings do, Ronan added. We have to warn the others that they're coming. The way I see it, we've got two options, Chorich said. We could send the carts with the women and older men through the woods and let Gavin and Nicole lead them. They could head south away from Renton to keep safe, and we could ride to Renton, which would get us there faster. Or, we could have Gavin and Nicole lead them on foot through the woods, and we could take the empty carts to Renton to make sure the Vikings followed us and not them. I like the second idea, Kenneth replied. The older men and the women are weak, but they are strong enough to move through the woods to safety, especially now that they're free. I'd hate to send them on their own in the carts, only to have the Vikings follow their tracks and capture them again. That can't happen, Chorich. They wouldn't survive. But the carts will slow us, if we take them, Ronan said. We need to get to Renton to tell our fathers that war is coming, and for all we know, the Vikings may not be far behind. Let's take the chance. We can take the carts far enough to lure the Vikings into following us, then we can abandon the carts when we have to, Kenneth said, 
glancing back and forth between his brother and Ronan. All right, the older men and the women will head south, through the woods on foot with whatever horses we can spare. We'll take the carts and head to Renton, Chorich said. I'll tell Les. Chorich turned his horse and broke from the two. He headed to the rear to see Les. We've stopped here to split up, Chorich said in a loud voice, addressing the absconding Scots. The Vikings have likely gathered their scattered horses, and I'm sure they're coming after us. I'd suspect they'll be moving as fast as their horses can carry them. They'll likely catch us before we make it to Renton at the rate we're moving. What are you saying? Asked an older Scot, sitting in the lead cart. I'm saying for your safety, we're going to have those of you in the carts leave from here on foot and head south through the woods. We don't want you to go to Renton, the Vikings will be heading there. We want you to keep moving south until you are far enough from here that you're out of danger, Chorich said. The rest of us will take the empty carts and the horses, and we'll ride the path to Renton. The Vikings will track our path and will follow us there. If you head south through the woods, you'll be safe. I don't like the sound of that, the older man said. What if the Vikings follow us through the woods? We have no swords, and we have no horses. We'll be as good as dead. No, that won't happen, Kenneth said. He sat up straight on his horse and spoke, my brother is right. You must head south on foot through the woods. You will be safe that way. The Vikings will surely catch us if we keep moving as we are. How can you be sure? The man asked. Kenneth gazed at the man for a long moment, do you trust me? The man stared back at Kenneth and nodded his head. Yes, I trust you. Kenneth nodded in return. Good, then you and the others need to head south. Chorich's eyes met his younger brother's, and he smirked. Then Chorich turned to the men and women filling the carts. We're able to spare a few horses for you as you head south. I'm going to have Nicole and Gavin lead you. Also, I am going to ask for three volunteers to drive the carts as we head back to Renton. I'll warn you, this could be dangerous. If our plan works, the Vikings will come after those of us heading to Renton. If we get far enough, we can leave the carts behind and ride to the village. A host of disheveled faces stared back at him, but no one spoke. Do I have anyone willing to drive? I will, Gavin said. I'll take a cart. Gavin, you need to stay with the group heading south, Kenneth replied. Whichever man goes with you will be fighting the Vikings, right? Either on the path, or at Renton, Gavin said. I want to be one of those men. Would you deny me that? Kenneth thought for a moment and then shook his head. No. No, Gavin, I wouldn't. He glanced at his brother. Chorich. Fair enough, Chorich said. Gavin, you'll take a cart. Nicole, you'll lead the others heading south on foot. I trust you're up to that. Yes, I can do it, Nicole replied. All right, we need two more for the carts, Chorich said. The beleaguered man driving the second cart raised his hand. I've come this far with this thing. I suppose I'm up to finishing it. The man driving the third cart lifted his hand as well. Count me in, too. Very good, Chorich replied. Gavin, looks like you've got the front cart. Chorich turned to Ronan. You and Les help them out of the carts. We've burned enough time here. We need to get moving.
Let's hide here, beside this tree. They shouldn't be able to see us from the other side of the creek, Aidan said in a voice barely above a whisper. Arabella lowered to the creek's moist bank and Aidan scooted beside her. The two tucked themselves into a four-foot earthy wall formed at the base of the eroded hillside and hid beside the large willow that grew sideways toward the creek. Aidan quickly surveyed their surroundings and then nudged Arabella closer to the crooked tree. How many do you think there are? Arabella asked. I can't be sure. Four or five, maybe, Aidan said, and he motioned with his hand to keep low. He took a deep breath then pushed aside a gnarly willow root that dangled next to his face. After sitting for several moments, Aidan lifted his head and peered up the gradually sloping hill, looking for an escape route. Visibility was poor. A morning fog hovered in the air and sat like a thick mist, making it difficult to see for any measurable distance. Aidan lowered and turned back toward the creek. I can hear them, but I can't see them, he said. We'll stay here. Hopefully, they'll pass without spotting us. The sound of horses drew nearer. Voices followed, muttering to one another somewhere in the fog. Arabella clutched Aidan's arm, we can't be caught. Suddenly, a splashing sound echoed from the creek. The mist began to move and Arabella tightened her grip on Aidan. Don't say a word, even if you see them. Aidan cautioned, trying to remain calm. The creek instantly came to life. Its waters thrashed violently, erupting as though a stampede of beasts were emerging from its depths. Aidan gripped his sword and shot a piercing glance at Arabella. Stay behind me. The sound of thrashing water subsided, but was quickly replaced by the drumming of hooves beating upon the muddy bank. Arabella held her breath. Keep moving, a voice called through the fog. They've got to be out here somewhere. A horse suddenly appeared, storming along the bank in the mist. The rider paused, then rode past the far side of the willow and leapt onto the ledge of the four-foot drop. Aidan and Arabella sunk deeper into the earthy wall beside the dangling roots of the large tree. The horse and rider continued up the hill, away from the ledge and the willow. Five more horses moved in a line behind the first, passing the willow and ascending the hill one by one. Aidan loosened his grip on his sword and exhaled. He faced Arabella. Her eyes were shut as tight as a vice, and her lips were moving in a silent prayer. Are you all right? He whispered. Arabella nodded. The beat of the horse's hooves faded, and Aidan lifted his head and peered beyond the ledge, watching as the last horseman reached the hillcrest. He glimpsed the rider's picked garb before the horse disappeared into the white mist. The Scots, ragged but free, rode their pilfered horses and carts along the western banks of Loch Lomond. Dalriada's air never felt so fresh, so crisp, so pure, like a healing balm, soothing their wounds as much as their spirits. Ronan gazed over his shoulder down the long stretch of path behind the procession. Still no sign of Vikings, Chorich. Should we dump the carts? We would get to Renton sooner. Chorich glanced at Kenneth, riding beside him, and then back at Ronan. The others should have made it well south by now. I suppose we're far enough that it would be safe to leave the carts and head to Renton with just the horses, Chorich replied. He pointed in the distance, there's a spot beyond those trees. Let's hide them there. Chorich rode ahead and guided his horse off the path. He quickly scanned the thick groove of evergreens and found a site that suited him. Then he signaled Kenneth and Ronan. 
The two veered from the trail with the caravan of riders and carts behind them. Chorich circled his horse and then stopped to address the group. You men in the carts, pull ahead and untie your horses. We're leaving the carts here. Chorich turned to the four riding horseback, I need you to help the others with the horses. Kenneth nodded, and began to dismount. No you don't, Chorich said. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Ronan, you and Les help the men with the carts. And make sure they're hidden well, we don't need to leave any extra clues for the Vikings. Kenneth and I will watch the path. Kenneth righted himself on his horse and waited for his brother to finish, contemplating how he'd deliver his next words to Chorich. Come with me, Chorich said, motioning to Kenneth. The two rode to the path and stopped to watch for riders. Hope we've put enough distance between us and them, Chorich said. We'll need to get to Renton soon to warn father. Chorich, I'm not going to Renton. Chorich's head jerked sideways, shooting Kenneth a disbelieving glare. What did you say? I said, I'm not going Renton. What are you talking about, Kenneth? Are you mad? Where else would you go? To Cashel? Cashel. I'm going to Cashel, Chorich. I told Arabella to wait there, I told her I would return for her. You're going to Cashel to look in on Arabella. That's not an option, Kenneth. You're not leaving my sight. Chorich, you and the others can go to Renton and tell father. I'm going to Cashel, then I'll head straight to Renton. I'll only be a few hours behind you. I can't let you do that, Kenneth. Chorich, I am going to see Arabella, I am not going with you to Renton. Damn it, Kenneth, I need you to stay with me. With Aidan dead, father has to see you. I can't return without you. Then come with me. Come with me to Cashel. We'll get Arabella and we'll go to Renton. She's not going to be safe in Renton, Kenneth. And how do I know she'll be safe in Cashel? For all I know, the Vikings could hit Cashel before they hit Renton. She'd be killed or taken for sure if that were to happen, and I'm not going to let it happen. You're a fool, Kenneth. You're a crazy fool. Somehow, I think I'll have to kill you to get you to Renton. And I really shouldn't do that. Not after I risked my life to save your skin. Kenneth smiled. So you'll come with me to Cashel. Chorich shook his head, cussing himself. Ronan approached and adjusted in his saddle. Did I hear you say Cashel? Yes, he said Cashel, Chorich replied, half perturbed and still wondering if it was such a good idea. Chorich, and I are going to Cashel. We're going to make sure Arabella's safe, and we're going to bring her back to Renton, Kenneth said. You, Les, and the others should ride ahead to Renton and warn our fathers of the Vikings. Is he kidding, Chorich? No, he's not kidding, Chorich replied. I don't know that I can convince him otherwise. We'll do this, and we'll meet up in Renton. We won't be long. But Chorich, that's insane. We've got to get to Renton. Don't you think I know that? He's going to Cashel whether I go or not, and I'm not letting him out of my sight, I'm going to Cashel with him. Ronan stared at Kenneth and shook his head. I don't want to hear it, Ronan, Kenneth barked. For weeks, even months, I've lived through hell, not even knowing if I would survive to see the light of another day. I don't need your permission or anyone else's to go to Cashel. Ronan's lips pursed, 
and he gawked at Chorich. We're ready, Les called out as he rode from the brush, heading toward the path. Upon reaching the three, he found a cool steely silence. What's going on? I'm going to Cashel, Kenneth said. Chorich has agreed to come with me. We'll be in Renton by nightfall. You, Ronan, and the rest of the men will head to Renton ahead of us to tell the others. Is this true, Chorich? Les asked with a perplexed gaze. Yes, that's the plan. Chorich said nothing more. All right then, Les replied. We're heading to Renton. And you two are heading to Cashel. I trust you know what you're doing. Chorich, if you're going to Cashel, then I'm going with you, Ronan said. He turned to Les, expecting a measure of protest. Are you good with taking the others to Renton? Les glanced at Gavin and the six other men. They had hidden the carts and were mounting the horses. He nodded. I can do that. But if we're going, I want to go now. Those devils will be coming soon, and I don't want to be sitting here when they do. So yes, I'll head to Renton with the others. Thanks, Les, Chorich said. Tell my father that Kenneth is safe. Tell him that we'll be in Renton by nightfall. Chorich turned to Kenneth, we need to get back to Renton before the Vikings do. This visit to Cashel had better be quick. Les slid his horse beside Kenneth's. Glad you're alive, Kenneth. Stay that way, and keep your brother out of trouble, too. I can't thank you enough, Les. I appreciate you coming after me with Chorich and Ronan. I owe you. Likewise, Gavin said, riding up next to Les. I owe all of you. Well, I was told several lovely ladies had been taken captive. That's who I was trying to save. You two were extra, I guess, Les said with a smirk, then he removed his sword. Here, Kenneth. I want to give you this, just in case you need it. Kenneth extended his hand to receive the weapon. I'd rather have your bow, he said with a smile. I'm not sure you'd hit much with it, Les replied. They laughed. It felt good to laugh. Well, if you want a bow, then take this, Gavin said, offering a crossbow to Kenneth. One of the men swiped it from the Vikings during the escape. It may be easier for you to hit your target. How about I take that, Chorich remarked. Kenneth looks to be a little slow on the draw in his condition. Sure, but now that you're taking it, you better not miss, Kenneth replied. Chorich accepted the crossbow and a quiver of arrows and thanked Gavin. Turning to Les, he extended his arm. The two locked forearms. You'll look after Siana until I return, yes. Yes, I'll look after her, Les said with a nod. She is my sister, remember? I remember. Chorich held Les's eyes in a familial gaze. Thanks for everything, brother. I'll see you in Renton. See you in Renton, Les replied. Les, Gavin, and the others rode south to Renton. Chorich, Kenneth, and Ronan turned their horses and headed east across the southern rim of Loch Lomond. Cashel would be waiting, 